Welcome to the New Heights Show on Education. This is Pamela Clark, founder and director of the New Heights Educational Group. NHEG offers a one-stop shop for education. Check out our website at www.newheightseducation.org and our learning annex to explore fantastic educational options. Right now, you might be struggling through your classes or even failing them. You might be worried that you may not finish high school. There might have even been a thought that you may not be smart enough. Well, the New Heights Educational Group begs to differ. We not only think you are smart enough, but with our help, you will complete your high school diploma. The New Heights Educational Group strives to improve your academic success through its tutoring services. To learn more, please visit newheightseducation.org and contact us. New Heights Educational Group educational resources to help reach your goals. This podcast is brought to you by Silicon Valley High School, the world's fastest growing, video-based, self-paced, teacher-supported, fully accredited online school that's recommended by more than 96% of students. Take individual courses at just $95 each or earn your high school diploma at any age. Check us out at svhs.co and I hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to the New Heights Show on Education. I am your host, Erica Hansen. Join me as I discuss issues facing the disabled community, from health care to employment and beyond. And this is Erica. Um, welcome again to my show. So before I continue on my series um, regarding the U.S. healthcare system, I'd like to make a few notes. Um, the show is live, so if you'd like to talk to me, I have Zoom and the chat up. If you'd like to call in, the number is one 558 8656 That's a United States number that goes through New York. Uh, regular long-distance rates for your company will apply. Our meeting ID for Zoom is... Four six five one seven two eight eight two. Also, I would like to welcome our new radio host, Buffy Williams. She speaks about education much in the way I do about disability and the healthcare system. She focuses on uh, navigating the educational system and how it works in our communities. So if you'd like to listen to her show, her show is Tuesday nights at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time or 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you'd like to return to my show, my show is um, 2 o'clock p.m. Mountain Standard, 1 p.m. Pacific, and 4 p.m. Eastern. So with that said, let's continue with my series on the United States healthcare system. So all of what I've been telling you these last few weeks have just been leading up to basically this episode. We'll see what, how much we can get through as far as this episode. Um, it, I've been leading up to, okay, so you're disabled. How do you navigate all of this? Um, our healthcare system is complex. It is a thorny issue. Um, you know, speak to five people in a room and everybody will have a different opinion on how the healthcare system should work, how it does work or not. 
Um, but in this case, we're going to focus on you as a disabled person and how disabled people, the challenges they may face in dealing with the system as it stands now. So the first thing I'd like to bring up is that, bless their hearts, um, doctors are only human. Sometimes as a new patient, when you walk in to a doctor's office, whether it be a primary care or, you know, sometimes different specialists, they will see you as your disability only. Um, for example, they, um, they see the diagnosis. You are depressed. You have anxiety. They don't see you as a holistic person. Um, they see you as the diagnosis. One of the um, examples I like to use is when I first met um, the person that was going to be my primary care, who is right now not my primary care. But the when I met him and I told him I had cerebral palsy, he didn't believe me at first. Um, and he said it was because, oh, most of my CP patients don't walk in here. Um, I am mobile. Um, there's a whole range of CP. Um, you know, it's not just about being in a wheelchair. But again, he, he had some preconceived notions about me and about the diagnosis I was giving him. Um, and, you know, again, doctors are all human. They do this. Um, unfortunately, because, as I mentioned in a previous episode, time becomes a factor. Most doctors either spend 15 to 30 minutes max with a patient. Um, they don't really delve into your health issues. They don't really take the time to understand you, like I said, as a whole person. Um, this um, attitude, again, is further complicated by the fact that providers um, are limited in what they can accomplish during that 15-minute period. So again, it's a lack of knowledge and a lack of time. Um, you know, I... I go in there thinking, you know, providers want to do the best they can. Sometimes they do not have the resources or the knowledge to do so. Um, but for people who are disabled, especially with complicated cases, they really do need a primary care that will pay attention and take time. Um, the second thing that we run into as disabled people is we use, use the healthcare system a lot. Um, I can't tell you how many specialists I've been to throughout this entire year. It's been interesting. Um, disabled folks, as a rule, tend to use both their primary care and the specialist systems, especially quite a lot. Um, and in that way, from a uh, purely monetary perspective, and I'm just talking about money, insurance companies look at us and what they see is an expensive 
uh, patient. That's what they see, an expensive patient. Um, there, there are complications to that as well, but you, you've got to understand that because our system of healthcare is based on a capitalist system, you know, healthcare insurance, especially kind of doesn't see the, um, the actual diagnosis or what's going on in a person's life. They just see the end cost of that treatment. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. So that's another thing. And we get thrown into this pot often of if you're disabled, you use services more. Um, if, if you're poor, you use services more. Um, you, you can use the ER more. Um, and that is an unfortunate category to be in. Um, <clears throat> there can be a stigma attached to that, which I may go into in a later episode. It's much too broad to go into now. So problem number three that we have is that, <clears throat> excuse me, Medicare and Medicaid, which a lot of disabled folks are on, not all, not all, but a lot are on, do not cover everything. And I've mentioned this in episodes past. Um, they are government programs, but that doesn't mean that they are, you know, a straight shot, they will cover anything. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Additionally, doctors have the ability to opt out of seeing Medicare and Medicaid patients. That's something those two programs don't tell you. They are, <clears throat> when you apply for Medicaid or you become eligible for Medicare, they don't lie to a patient, but I found that if you listen to commercials, especially that they put out, um, Medicare has this caveat, well, you know, you can see any provider that takes a Medicare patient, um, but they kind of gloss over that. And so a lot of people, both disabled and elderly, think that, um, that, oh, okay, because I have Medicare or Medicaid, I can just walk into any provider. Um, that's not the case. Again, as I mentioned, providers have the opportunity to either opt out of Medicaid or limit the number of Medicare and Medicaid patients they have. <clears throat> they do this because in all honesty, Medicare and Medicaid do not pay out a lot to the physicians. It's just the way it is. Um, I don't know why that is, but that is the case. So some physicians prefer to fill their schedule with employee supported, employer supported insurances that may pay them more rather than a Medicare and Medicaid. So what do we run in with this? What do we run into with this issue? Um, 
if you're calling around for a primary care or even a specialist, and specialists can be difficult for other reasons as well. Um, if you are on Medicare or Medicaid, you're often hunting for a physician who will take that. If you're lucky to find one, sometimes they're not taking new patients. So you have to go on to the next one. Are you taking new patients? Yes. Okay, when can I see you? December of next year. Because this this provider has limited the number of Medicare and Medicaid patients they take. So again, there's a time factor involved in that. Um, it's, it's difficult. I don't think it's intentional. Um, but it doesn't make things easier for us. So again, it's, it's, it's a question of access. And I will say up front that not only Medicare and Medicaid patients have this issue in some states, um, the physician, there's a physician shortage. There's a nurse and a physician sh shortage for various reasons that, again, I won't go into here right now. Um, so even a, a person who's using their employer-sponsored insurance may have a hard time finding um, a physician to get into, you know, quickly. So I'm not saying by all means that this is limited to disabled people or that we're being singled out. That's not what I think here. But often our issues are, like I said, more complicated than the average. Um, there are cases where our issues, sometimes maybe they can't wait a year. Uh, people on insulin. You know, if you are running out of your insulin but can't get in to see your doctor in six for six months, what are you going to do? You know, you can't. That's a life-saving drug right there. So, you know, then again, a person st starts running into issues that could actually affect either their quality of life or even the, their life itself. Um, <clears throat> again, not solely, um, not solely a problem that disabled people have, but because we do go to the doctor so much, we tend to have issues with that. Um, so again, we're talking about the length of time it is to get into a doctor. Um, there's also an issue with what's considered continuity of care. Continuity of care is um, basically are all of your doctors talking to each other? Um, the answer is yes, but it may be difficult. Um, in the next segment here, I um, will actually we can go ahead and continue it seems. So, <clears throat> excuse me. So continuity of care, again, is are all of your doctors, all your various specialists, are they, are they talking to each other? If they are, then, you know, you 
absolutely have the best care possible because that's what you want. That's what you want in a set of providers because then all of them are on the same page. The problem is um, if you are on Medicaid and Medicare, um, you may have to drop a provider. Let's say the doctor decides, I'm not going to take Medicare patients anymore. Now, she may, um, out of a cur courtesy to her existing patients, say, okay, I'm not going to take any new Medicare or Medicaid patients. But um, sometimes that doesn't happen. You know, sometimes she doesn't keep her older patients. So you're looking for another provider, right? So again, that interrupts the flow of care that I'm talking about here. Um, so it's a hiccup. Um, again, the same thing may happen to your specialists or again, your specialists move. Um, they are no longer taking your type of Medicaid. There are different, um, what they called managed care organizations that um, issue Medicaid um, plans, Blue Cross Blue Shield, Aetna, etc. Well, your, your doctor that takes Medicaid, they may take your Blue Cross Medicaid. Well, the next year comes around and for whatever reason, they no longer take that particular Medicaid. They may take, again, Aetna Medicaid. Um, but again, have you, do you know that before enrollment comes around? Again, <laughs> if you don't, then you have to change doctors. It's not a fun roller coaster to be on. So if you are constantly having to change doctors, um, this interrupts the quality of your care because if your other providers don't know who to talk to, then things get dropped um, along the way. Um, having worked in the healthcare system for quite a while, I can tell you that, again, people are human, so things do happen. Medical records don't get sent to the right doctors, don't get sent on time. And so this just puts an extra bump in the road. And it's, it's annoying, I'm not going to lie. So, again, uh, kind of going along that same line, this instability of the system uh, can cause problems as far as actually paying or not paying for your services. Um, often for a specialist, something like Medicare or Medicaid will ask for a referral. They need your primary to say, okay, I need this person to go to this particular specialist. Okay. Well, what if you're not told that until the day before the appointment with the specialist? What if you can't get a hold of your primary care? Um, again, this is not limited to disabled people. Um, you know, lots of able-bodied people have the same issue, but I think we encounter it more.
because we go to more specialists um, and often specialists require referrals. Um, so, and also for the patient themselves, uh, this constant switching of providers, this constant need of what paperwork do I need, it, it does uh, cause an added stressor for the patient. Um, I can tell you I'm, I'm in this boat right now. I am pretty much up to my ears in medical paperwork at this particular moment for various reasons. Uh, yeah, that, that's fun. Keeping uh, track of everything when you're seeing about five people at a time is interesting. Um, so basically, it's, it's really difficult for the disabled person. In 2015, and I wish I had a later date for you, but the statistic is from 2015, more than 69% of the disabled were on Medicare or Medicaid. That's, that's actually really a huge amount there. Um, the disabled population is often one of the poorer ones, again, um, that has to do with general overall health and also the cost of their, dis main, you know, maintaining their disability. Um, again, if they can't drive, then they may have issues getting to uh, appointments. Um, doctors usually do have a 24 or 48-hour cancellation policy. And sometimes if you miss too many appointments, they will um, drop you from the clinic entirely. Well, you run into issues if your bus only comes twice a day. And if you happen to miss that particular bus that gets you to a doctor's appointment, or if your ride doesn't show up, well, you've got a ding. And if you get too many of those, then they will drop you from the practice. And again, you're kind of put back into that cycle of having to search for care again. That's another issue that disabled folks have to deal with. Um, <clears throat> so again, accessing resources is a, you know, a very big issue. Um, finding a provider that can treat you, especially if you happen to be in a state whose um, provider rate or, or physician rate is pretty low. Um, again, some states have problems recruiting. Um, you know, it could be, it could come down to actually, can you physically get in the building? Um, I need a ramp due to my disability. Um, a lot of people don't know that because I'm actually not in a wheelchair, but I do need a ramp. It is difficult for me to get in the door of a, of a provider's office if there isn't a ramp. Um, and believe it or not, sometimes there's not. Um, go back to my episode on um, infrastructure and disability for more of my thoughts on that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's the hurdle. Sometimes as dis disabled people, we have more hurdles or we, the hurdles that are there already are made more difficult because we don't have access to 
um, the the resources that we need. Um, that our our resources are different. The resources we need are different than an able-bodied person. Um, and again, I don't think this is down to any one doctor or provider. I've had a lot of great ones. I continue to have a lot of great providers. Um, I think that this is, um, quite honestly, a failure in the system. I, you know, I am hopeful, ever hopeful that we can get these things ironed out. So next week is the holiday. So happy holidays to everybody. Next week's show will be a pre-recorded show as I will be celebrating with the rest of you. Um, I'm looking at doing um, either something on the opioid crisis or um, going forward more into the um, options that are currently on the table for remedying some remedying some of the issues in the current healthcare system. Um, so look forward to that. If you have any questions, again, my email is Erica H at newheightseducation.org. Um, again, normally I'm live, so you can get me that way. Um, otherwise, I will see you live after the holiday, but do check in with my pre-recorded episode um, on the 26th. Have a great day, everybody. Here are your announcements for the month of December. Happy birthday to the following people. Priya Kedhardeth, Heather Ruggiero on December 3rd, Geetha Lingasamy on December 4th, Lindsay Clark December 5th, Roberta Perkins on December 19th, Erica Hansen on December 20th, Tanushri Tawari on December 25th, and happy anniversary to Michelle Shockey and Shannon Williamson on December 17th. Other exciting updates from the New Heights Educational Group includes the following. And please don't forget to donate to the New Heights Educational Group this holiday season. You can also visit our website and click on Amazon Smile when shopping on Amazon. That way, NHEG receives a portion of the sales. A thought for you is also we have had over 327,000 listeners for our radio show, if each of those people donated a dollar, that would help New Heights Educational Group tremendously with reaching those that need services. The New Heights Educational Group will be launching um, a new so site for their New Heights Show on Education um, very soon. It has never been easier to listen to our shows. Check them out now. The new site is brought to you by Silicon Valley High School. You can also visit our discounted and free online courses to view the newly added courses for us and Silicon Valley High School. Anyone at any age can earn their diploma through Silicon Valley High School. You will really want to check out their $95 courses. We also want to announce a new partnership with Buffy Williams. 
who's also a host of one of our shows. Her books can be found on our recommended books page on the Learning Annex, and you will also see her books added to some of our curriculum, like the genealogy course that's on our site. We want to give a special thank you to Senator Sherrod Brown for his recent recognition. We really appreciate your thoughtful certificate from the United States Senate. Thank you also to Walmart of Defiance and Walmart of Napoleon. They both sent us a check for $500. We couldn't do what we do without support of businesses like Walmart that appreciate our educational efforts. If you like what you hear on our show, please consider sponsoring it. There are only two more spots available for sponsors. Everyone here at NHEG wants to wish you and your family a happy and safe holiday season. Happy Hanukkah and Merry Christmas. See you next month. I'm David Smith, founder of Silicon Valley High School, and we're proud to bring you these New Heights Educational Group radio shows because we share the same belief that quality education should be accessible and affordable to everyone everywhere. We also believe learning should be as entertaining as possible, and here at Silicon Valley High School, we're proud to report that over 96% of students would recommend our video-based, self-paced, teacher-supported online courses to a friend. Learn more about our fully accredited, entirely online high school and our $95 courses today at svhs.co.